The Autistica podcast covers the topics that you want to hear. Our autistic presenters bring together scientists, professionals and experts by experience to discuss autism facts, theories and personal stories. We include a broad range of views and informally chat about new or unfinished research, so don't take everything that you hear as a fact. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. To hear more, just subscribe and we would love it if you left us a review. In this episode, we're talking about Christmas. It can be a lovely family time, but it can also be a sensory and social nightmare. I chatted to Louisa Harrison, who is a parent to a lovely autistic son named Frank. She's also a PACT therapist. PACT is an intervention where parents are supported to work with their child's interests to develop communication skills. We had a chat about how Christmas has changed for the family as Frank has grown. And we talked about how creating your own traditions can make an even happier Christmas. So if you're feeling a little bit stressed on the run up to the season, have a listen and hopefully you'll find some tips to make things a little bit easier. So Louisa, do you want to tell me a bit about yourself and a bit about Frank? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, so Frank is now 14 um, and he's completely fabulous. Uh, he's changed my life. Um, in ways that are wonderful and ways that are quite challenging. Um, And I suppose I find it difficult to describe him really. I suppose I would say that um, on the one hand, he has real difficulty with language and communication. And I would say that is his sort of primary um, issue, difficulty. Um, However, when Frank understands and when he's hooked onto something that interests him and motivates him. He is the most sociable person in the world and he just wants to share his interest with anyone and everyone. So how do you feel in general about Christmas? In general about Christmas, I I love it. Um, I've always loved it as a child. Um, I've always found it a very exciting time. Um, I'm very social myself so um, I love all the rituals and routines of Christmas and um, yeah I it's it's I, I'm one of those people that gets into Christmas and mainly because of the social side of it and just seeing seeing family and friends and having a few drinks and and Christmas trees and sparkly lights and all of that. Brilliant and how does Frank feel about Christmas? Well Frank is also also gets excited about Christmas but in a very different way. Um, And I guess for us over the years, it's been a process of him showing us which bits of Christmas work for him and which bits of Christmas don't um, and taking it from there. So I suppose that leads on to to my next question of kind of how has Christmas changed for you guys over the years what has Frank shown you in terms of of what he's he loved and what is uncomfortable for him yeah sure well um I guess when he was when he was really young so that age um when children are usually just starting to get to grips with what Christmas is so around you know two three years old um we didn't really know what what his view of Christmas would be or how he would respond and uh And uh, at that point, I suppose it was just about sort of sensitively showing him 
every what Christmas could be like because we didn't really know what bits he would like and what what bits he wouldn't like and if he was at that age where he didn't understand an awful lot anyway and he wouldn't give us too many clues unless he absolutely hated something so um I think in those early years it was about um as we were learning to kind of work out what made him tick and, and how to communicate with him, it was about sort of presenting the elements of Christmas to him in a kind of, in as frank friendly a way as possible. Um, so for example, when he was around sort of three, four, five years old, um, he, um, we used to number the Christmas presents. So um, he absolutely loves, and still does to this day, he loves numbers. And I think it links to his love of systemizing, categorizing, he loves imposing order on the world and, and is really good at it. Um, and so I had this idea that, you know, all these kind of chaotic presents around the tree, um, how could I, get him interested in that or see if he might be interested in that. And so I, I printed off numbers from like one to a hundred and I have to say, it's amazing how many presents can end up around a Christmas tree. <laughs> um, and I'd cut them all out, laminate them all and have them out all in a row. And then we'd have the pile of Christmas presents and a couple of days before Christmas, uh, me and Frank and his sister Lottie would, um, Lottie would hulk in all the presents from one room to the other room one by one and Frank would be in charge of numbering and, and I'd be there with the sellotape and we'd stick them on and and then I realized well actually maybe if we had a picture of the person that the present was for that might engage him a little bit further in helping him understand what presents actually are um, and so we also got pictures of people so we'd have moments where Frank would then be like, ah, 17, grandma. Oh, <laughs> and he'd, he'd know, well, I say he'd know that that present was for grandma. I'm not sure that he would definitely know that that present was for grandma, but it sort of didn't matter. We were having an enjoyable interaction that was clearly related to Christmas. Yeah. Um, and so we would do things like that early on. And um, so that would be something he would be engaged in. Um, and uh, the other thing I should mention is uh, <laughs> that, um, and I think this is by way of demonstrating that I think any any tip I would give to anyone um, with a with an autistic child over uh, around Christmas is just sort of spending time to notice and um, figure out what it is they like about this event, if anything, <laughs> um, and then focusing on those. And they can often be the most surprising things so for example um when frank was about four or five my mum um gave my husband a bob dylan christmas cd um which bob dylan had just released because my husband's a huge bob dylan fan and um it was a joke it was given as a joke because it was basically bob dylan doing christmas carols it was hilarious and we thought it would just be we'd play it once and then it would go into a dusty box for years but Frank absolutely loved it. And to this day, that CD is played. <laughs> it has been played every single year. Um, and, and actually, as my daughter Lottie puts it, what Frank often does is he adds to our Christmas by, by, by kind of loving these particular moments we wouldn't, we wouldn't probably ever have. So there's this ritual now where we all play the Bob Dylan CD and we've got video from Frank way back dancing to the particular songs. And now, of course, he's 14. He's talking about the fact that even though now it's on his iPad, it's not even a CD, he won't play it till the 1st of December. 
<laughs> and of course, just because we're now in the run up to Christmas, what is it now? Just the end of November as we're talking today. He started to say, mummy, mummy, and he'll point to the CD on the iPad and he'll say, first of December, Christmas songs. And I'll be like, yes, we're getting excited like this. And so that is a massive part of Christmas for him. But, you know, that's quite different. Yeah. Um, and so really it's 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 noticing those bits and going with them. Um, and again, often with Frank, it's around um, things that can be sort of systemized um, and, um, and numbers and things like that. So when my parents come to stay for Christmas, he is happy to see them. But what he's more happy about is the fact that they stay in a, ho a local hotel and what room number they're going to be staying in. So that on Christmas Day morning, we can go and not only go and knock on their hotel door to say Happy Christmas, we can go and look at all the hotel room doors all the way around on all the levels quietly, I hasten to add. <laughs> um, and he gets huge joy from that. And I suppose if someone had said to me before I had Frank, do you realise that you're going to spend, you know, 8am on Christmas Day morning wandering around a hotel looking at numbers? I'd be thinking, what? But actually, that's fine, because that's, those are the bits that make him happy. Yeah, that's lovely. That's something actually that I was just saying the other day. It, I think for ourselves, anyway, in, in my family, we found that to, you have to kind of make your own tradition. And that becomes a really beautiful thing. Like, I... I don't like Christmas food at all because I'm a real sensory seeker so I find Christmas food quite bland but like a, a big platter of Caribbean food is our Christmas tradition and you know we go to the zoo on Christmas Eve because we all love animals and it's their special interest across family so it, it, it's fascinating how like once once you kind of realize things are going to be different and then sort of let yourself create your own tradition it's really lovely. It's a real gift, I think. Oh, do you know, I just love that. And that is, to me, that just, that sums up exactly what I'm trying to talk about. It's like, who would have thought that anyone would do that at Christmas? But why not? Because that's what your family needs. So that's what you do. And I love the thought that there might be all these families that have autism in it somewhere that are doing everything just that little bit differently but who cares who, who who gets to say how Christmas should be and I think you know we're all the richer for it absolutely it's, it's about making your own tradition isn't it yeah exactly exactly that's a really nice way of putting it it's each family's own Christmas traditions and, and going with that flow so, yeah it's about sort of finding the joy and and you know doing what makes you happy which is I think what everyone wants to do on Christmas but sometimes I think people do things for the sake of doing them because it's Christmas tradition they don't necessarily feel happy about doing it so I think yeah having an autistic person in the family is a great way to sort of get into the heart of the joy and finding the thing that makes you happy. I, th I think that's right and then I suppose the flip side of that is um, as a family sort of almost giving yourself permission to then let go around the parts that you might like that they don't like and that it's okay for them not to join in with those parts mm -hmm. and I think you know as a parent if I'm honest right back in the early days before I sort of went on this pathway <laughs> with Frank you sort of have you realize you do have expectations about what Christmas looks like and what Christmas means basically based on my own life mm -hmm. and sort of realizing oh what's so Frank doesn't care about hanging up his stocking. Oh, well, that makes me feel a bit sad. Um, 
but then actually now I don't I genuinely don't feel at all sad about that mm. because that's not Fra that's not what Frank's interested in and um and I think in a way that's where Christmas is quite useful because it's sort of for me it kind of mirrors everything in life of, of, of how you adapt you know when you have an autistic child and um in in ultimately a really really good way because it makes you sort of just strip down expectations and assumptions and and go with what you can see um you know the fact that frank does get really excited about when they turn the christmas lights on not at the event i should have to say right. he would hate that but just <laughs> noticing like he notices when the builders put them up before they've actually turned them on and he gets that anticipation and then he we talk about what date it might be that they turn them on again it's all about calendars and dates and these kinds of things um that is equally valuable um to him hacking hanging up his stocking so i think as a parent it's been a process of uh letting go of 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 the the assumptions you have and and you know the hopes and and just going with the bits that do work and and seeing the value in that and cherishing that and and it's I feel really happy that um that that's now been a, an okay process and I think in terms of other members of the family you end up just bringing them along with you um because you point up the joy when when they show you it and uh, if a family member says, oh, what's so Frank's not going to come and sit at the dinner table. No, he'd hate that. It's fine. Because he did that, you know, that bit earlier when he came and did his song and dance to the Bob Dylan song. That's his Christmas dinner. He's off now. <laughs> He's off now in the quiet room by himself. And we're all going to have a really nice time. And it's almost helping other family members feel that that's okay as well. Even as, as an adult, I think, it's it's that permission piece I think is, is really really interesting because I find for myself like you still feel the pressure to do all the Christmas things and think oh but this tradition and you should do this you should do that because it's what people do at Christmas or at any you know sort of big time of year event sort of things and then it's like giving yourself that permission to sort of go this is what makes me happy this is going to be really difficult and not worth it let's focus on the things that make me happy that I can enjoy, enjoy with other people and we can all have a lovely time together in that bit um, and just go from there you know so it is it's, it's permission is a huge piece I think yeah I think that's right and I think it's it's uh it's sort of linked to that it's shifting the focus to kind of quality not quantity so you know if on uh so, so Frank really likes Christmas Eve um I think it's uh it's partly because that's uh um, what we have there, we have a Christmas Eve party. So um, that's when uh, the family have normally arrived and we have some lovely neighbour friends who always come round. And that's the one day of the year when Frank can handle a party because it's sort of happened always. And um, he appears increasingly actually, as he's got older, he'll come, he'll come in for more of it. And again, I think that's just familiarity. It's always the same, pretty much the same group of people, give or take. Um, it's pretty much the same format. Um, Frank always comes and does his, his, his Bob Dylan moment and um, everybody absolutely loves seeing him and he loves being seen in that moment. But um, that's then it. And, and Christmas Day is, is much harder for him. And I think that's because the bits, all the bits that are interesting around Christmas for him have, have happened by then. So apart from the 
going around the hotel numbers on Christmas Day morning. That's pretty much it. Definitely not interested in the meal. Definitely not interested in, in opening presents, the giving or the receiving. Um, not interested in the stocking. We gave up on that years ago. Um, and um, not interested in just aimlessly sitting around, <laughs> which is what most people love doing on Christmas Day. Um, so then it's about you know, I might then do something with him that will be something very like we might do every day, like, um, you know, go for a scoot um, or, you know, go outside for a bit um, and, 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 you know, do that kind of thing. But it's then about um, helping everyone else accept that um, actually, OK, we've only seen Frank for 10 minutes today. What a great 10 minutes that was. And that and that's great, you know. And sometimes he'll sort of accept visitors, like he'll be, he'll be in his room and then, you know, he loves it when grandma goes and just sits on the bed with him and they have a little chat and he shows her what he's looking at on his iPad. And, um, and that's lovely. And I think it's just helping everybody accept that that's, that's how he does Christmas, lovely. which they all do now, which is great. <laughs> um, so would you have any kind of top tips for, for parents? Um, who are sort of worried about heading into Christmas or they know that Christmas can be quite sort of chaotic. Um, I know you're just one person and Frank is just one person so your experience will be very individual but is there anything that you think might be helpful? Well I, I would say that it's about knowing and understanding your child. I mean you just say there that obviously I can only speak for Frank and that's exactly as it should be. I, I can only speak for Frank because I know what, what he needs and what he doesn't need. <laughs> um, and I would say to all parents, it's about thinking about, you know, if, if you're dreading Christmas, what is it that you, what, what bits are you dreading and why? Mm -hmm. And um, what could you do about that? Um, so I don't know, I'm literally thinking off the top of my head now, if it's a, a child that's, you know, hates sort of noises or sensory stuff, you know, and wrapping paper might be a complete disaster for them. How about no one, no one wraps any presents and you just, you just give them the present or you take them out of a bag that doesn't make any sounds. Mm. Um, or, you know, if it's, if it's all around food, um, for issues around food, maybe, maybe you make the Christmas meal, but it's, it's not something that you try and include them in and that actually they have their normal tea and, um, you know, they, but, but then they must enjoy their Christmas meal. I think you then, you know, <laughs> you've then just got to, I think you've just got to go with what your child is interested in. And while, while you're doing that, you can, you can help them understand more about Christmas while you're doing that. You know, you can make links all the time that might help build their social understanding around Christmas and the elements of Christmas, not with any particular objective in mind, but it just might, you know, increase familiarity and just aid understanding around, well, why do we do this? And uh, why is that bit so chaotic? And you're just modeling the whole time in, a na in as natural a way as possible. Oh, well, they do that because of this. And, and if they, they find words hard to understand. You try them, try and show it in a visual way. But I would just, I would just say to parents, just take a deep breath and have a think in advance about who your child is, what makes them tick, mm -hmm. and how you can up the good bits and not worry about the bad bits, and then maybe kind of edit your Christmas accordingly. Because okay. in the end, that'll make it more enjoyable for you 
and other siblings who maybe do want to have a, a you know as happy and fun Christmas as possible. Um, I remember we had a time when uh, when uh, my my children were a lot younger and. Um, we had quite a lot of family to stay, including other noisy cousins. And um, I ended up, I thought, okay, I really want this to go well for Lottie and the cousins, but also it needs to go well for Frank and all the adults and everything. And I ended up, we still joke about it to this day, I issued a document called Christmas Boot Camp. And it detailed from the moment everyone arrived to the moment they left exactly who would be where in the house and what they would be doing ideally at what volume <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know I, as I nervously sent it out <laughs> to people in advance to review and give comments I was amazed by how many of my lovely family just came back and went oh actually I'm really into this I love a bit of structure and uh, <laughs> And actually, it was one of the most successful Christmases ever because it was like everyone would be standing in the kitchen, right? What's next? Oh, I've got to go and peel potatoes quietly, or I've got to go and um, entertain the children in the garden, and I can make as much noise as I want, and all of this. And it was hilarious and successful. If you're autistic, a family member, a researcher, or you work with autistic people, you can join the Autistic Network. The network is the UK's autism research network run by Autistica. You'll get email updates about the latest research and you'll hear about studies that you can take part in. By working together and sharing knowledge, we can make real progress for autistic people. Find out more at autistica.org.uk.